I'm Ray. And I'm Charlotte. And this is The Midnight Record. The Midnight Record. Yeah. Yeah. We're hanging in there. I'm, I live, I live in a madhouse and I'm going a little crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. We got our wine. Just, so just PSA for the beginning of the episode, you might hear some background noise here and there. But we deeply apologize. You know what? But this is the struggle of up and coming podcast. It's the joy of also podcasting New York City. Yeah. Without like, you know, we don't have like a soundproof room. We don't right. really have like a pod loft. Like I yeah. don't even have like a closet that's big enough for right. us to- <laughs> Yeah. Because I've heard of like some people starting their closets, uh, red handed podcast. They would literally record like, like make a little fort out of their, um, their comforters. And record it there. That's cute. And they they used to have like a little. Uh, I think they still do it like a segment on their Patreon called like Under the Duvet. Like Aww. and it was like a little extra. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize that's where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cute. Do you listen to that one? Mm-hmm. I, I love that podcast. I love them. I, I think wanna... I just love their voices and accents too. <laughs> Me too. And I think they do a really great job of doing a lot of different mix of different types of true mm-hmm. crime, which I appreciate. Yeah. And. I also really want to read their new book. Yes. I'm going to probably buy that for myself as a birthday present. Their episodes are really, really well researched. Like, they do a great job. Yeah. No, they're great. They're lovely ladies. They're actually, I think currently they're my favorite true crime podcast besides ours. But not to toot our own horn. (laughs) But I think they might be my number one. (laughs) For sure. All right. Well. I have no idea what's coming. You don't? So, right, you have no idea what I'm doing this week. No, I don't. I did give you a couple of hints before we started recording. I'm getting unsolved. I'm getting theories. I yes. could think of a million cases of all under that yeah, category. Yeah, for sure. So today I am talking about the Delphi murders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you know a lot about I don't this? think I do. Okay. I think maybe as you talk, I'll like be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know a little bit about this case, but it's not definitely not one that I'm like super well versed on. Right. Again, one last apology for my very inconsiderate downstairs neighbors. Apparently, it's karaoke hour here on Saturday at 5, sure 11 p.m. Is. They're living their best life, their main character moment. They're really rocking out. Apparently. Okay. So, like I said, I'm talking about the Delphi murders today. Yeah. You said you don't know too much about this case. I remember it happening. I remember it being very weird. And then I've literally, like, not really heard anything. Oh, 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 oh. In this Indiana. is Lib- Liberty and, and Abby. And Abigail, yeah. Yes. Okay, so I think I just didn't make the connection of the All name them. with the girls. But yes, I, I do that. know... Quite, I, I know quite a bit about this case, but, like, I'm sure there's stuff that I don't know. Yeah. I did, I did do, like, I did a TikTok on it. But so I know, like, generally, like, I know... The outlines. Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, we're probably going to go into some conspira- our own conspiracy theories later on. Yes. Um, but I did try to mainly focus on, like, the facts of the case and um, this really great interview from Kelsey German, Liberty's older sister. Yes. Um, which was really heartbreaking to read, but at 10 out of 10, I would read the whole article. It's linked down below. Mm-hmm. On February 14th, 2017, the bodies of Abigail Williams and Liberty German were discovered near the Monon High Bridge Trail, which is a part of the Delphi Historic Trails in Delphi, Indiana. Their deaths shocked the region because of the seeming randomness, randomness of their murders. On February 13th, 2017, the two friends went for an afternoon walk where they posted social media p- photos of their adventures on that day. 
and around 12 p.m. the following day, their bodies were found by a volunteer searcher about a half mile from the abandoned bridge where they had been last spotted 24 hours earlier. The girls had been missing from the trail since the day before. The murders have... The murders have received significant media coverage because of the video and audio recording of an individual believed to be the girl's killer were found on Liberty's smartphone. Despite despite thousands of tips that have been sent to the police and the circulation of the recordings of the suspect, no arrests in the case have been made. So when Abigail passed away, she was 13 years old, born on June 23rd, 20. 2003, sorry, not 2003, <laughs> um, and Liberty was 14, and she was born on December 27th, 27, um, 2002. Kelsey German had been home on the morning of February 13th, 2017, when her younger sister Libby asked her if she could drive both her and her friend Abigail Williams to the Delphi Historic Trails. Kelsey had plans to meet up with her boyfriend later that afternoon before going to work and and initially told Liberty no. However, she felt she had been a quote-unquote bad sister of late, not hanging out with her younger sister as much as she would have liked, and felt a little guilt-ridden. Kelsey eventually agreed to take the girls just after 1 p.m., provided they found their own ride home. Quote, at the time, I just didn't feel as though I had been taking her enough places or spending as much time with her as we should. So eventually I agreed if she could find someone else to pick her up later. Then a little while later on, she came back and said, okay, dad will pick us up if you'll drop us off, unquote. At 1.35 p.m., Abigail and Liberty were dropped off by Kelsey on County Road 300 North, east of the Hoosier Heartland Highway. Kelsey made sure to tell her sister that she loved her and that was, it was echoed, back to her while she was driving away. Quote, my family has always been really big on making sure you tell everybody that you love them and goodbye each time you hang up the phone or leave the house. We've always said goodbye, I love you, and I'll see you later. I remember making sure that they had their sweatshirts, Kelsey reflected. I told her that I loved her and she said it back just like every other time we were leaving each other. Libby then turned her back and walked away with Abby. That would be the last time that Kelsey would see her sister alive. The girls were excited because they had the day off from school for like a, for, it was, I've seen reports that either it was for a snow day or for like a makeup snow day that mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had to, uh, I, it's like when they have too many, like too many snow days or something, right? Where they can like, just like have a day. No, they, no, no, no. It's when they, it's when the school puts in X amount of snow days for the year. And I think that like, they just didn't use them. So maybe they got yeah, to yeah, use yeah, one of them. I mean, yeah. Something like that. But they were very excited they had the day off from school regardless. And they had arranged to meet relatives at the start of the trail about an hour after they arrived. The girls were hiking the Manoon High Bridge over Deer Creek among Woodland in remote Deer Creek Township. At 2.07 p.m., Libby posted a Snapchat photo of Abby walking the bridge. After this, they were not heard from again. This led some media outlets to dub this case the Snapchat Murders. Soon after posting the photo, investigators believed that the girls were approached by a man presumed to be a stranger who went on to kill them. Libby, who may have sensed impending danger, recorded a snippet of audio on her cell phone of the man speaking the words down the hill. Mm-hmm. I've heard she, that. Yeah. And uh, if you've heard the recording, it's pretty, um, I don't know, his voice is like very like forceful. Right. 
Like you can tell he's like, he's telling them kind of what to do. And it's also a very like, it's like a very like short clip that like whenever I see it, it's like played kind of over and over and it's just like down the hill, down the hill, down the hill. Yeah. It's like, it's also very eerie at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there's of course some speculation on what he actually said to them, like Mm -hmm. go down the hill, get down the hill. Mm -hmm. We're going to go down the hill, you know, it's just very, um, but yeah, regardless, uh, she also snapped a photo of the suspect, though it turned out to be very blurry. Um, it was enough to help police draft a composite sketch using input from witnesses who were on the trail that day. The girls were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. after they failed to meet Liberty's father at 3.15 p.m., which was something that had never happened before. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Libby had never missed a prearranged pickup, and this was, like, very out of character for her. Right. Like, Kelsey said, like, their family was very, like, you needed to be where you said you say, say yeah. you're going to be at the time that you say you're going to be yeah. there. Which I think is a great policy, yeah, personally. strict with their rules and stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. The families initially searched for the girls themselves before calling the police. Authorities who quickly searched the area did not initially suspect foul play in the disappearance. However, this changed when after an extensive search of the area, the bodies of the girls were found around noon the next day, about half a mile or 0.8 kilometers east of the abandoned Manoon High Bridge. The bodies were found in the north bank of Deer Creek. And I watched a couple of um, investigative, like, videos from some other creators, and they said that at some point they really started focusing on the creek because they figured that that would be the most likely place for maybe them to potentially end up. So, like, there was a good chunk of the uh, searching party that went down into the creek. Yeah. Although autopsies were performed on both girls, neither police or FBI has released the cause of death of either girl or information about what exactly happened to them that afternoon. The police have not released details of how the girls were murdered. As early as February 15th of 2017, so just a day after they were found, Indiana State Police began circulating a still large image of an individual reported to be seen on the Manoon High Bridge Trail near where the two friends were slain. The grainy photograph appears to capture a Caucasian male, hands in pockets, um, walking on the rail bridge, headed down towards the girls. A few days later, the person in the photograph was named the prime suspect in the double homicide. But of course, they didn't have any suspects at that Mm -hmm. time. On February 22nd of 2017, law enforcement released an audio recording where the voice of the suspect, through some degree muffled, was heard to say, down the hill. And that is, of course, the iconic recording. Mm-hmm. I've seen the, the picture, too. He has, like, a cap on. He has, a, he has like, a blue cap on. He's wearing, like, a windbreaker, mm-hmm. it looks like. But the windbreaker looks a little bit older, maybe from, like, the night. I mean, just to me, because it's, right. like, color blocked, like, from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um and so it makes me think that this person is on, like maybe like forties to fifties right. potentially, um, which I'm not sure if that's something that the police actually thought of, but I think it sort of comes into play with a couple of the suspects that they mm-hmm. talk about. 
And honestly, the Reddit page for the Delphi murders is so active still. I mean, I've been spending the last week just, like, going through these random different posts, and some of them tell me the same information I've already known. Mm -hmm. And then some of them I'm just reading some of the people's theories, and it's very fascinating. Um, It's sort of like with Kyle Kyle Fleischman, how I was, like, because there wasn't a ton written about his actual murder or disappearance. Sorry, we don't know if he's murdered or not. Um that Reddit really helped me, like, help some theories come into my the mm-hmm. forefront of my mind, be like, oh, that's weird. Like, I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. Anywho. Now, why did the girls start recording? I said earlier that Libby might have gotten, like, an inkling of, you know, tension that she needed to start recording. Um, and there are indications in the audio that the girls were already spooked by the suspect, Um, I personally think that, yes, like, both the girls got, like, a bad feeling from him, Mm -hmm. um, either by, like, the way that he looked or something that, like, he said to them, or, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily have a bad feeling, but they just took a picture because they were like, why is this man, like, following us? Right. Um, So, it was in the news conference that officials credited the source of the audio and imagery to Liberty's smartphone and... Further, regarded her as a hero for having the uncanny foresight and fortitude to record the exchange in secret. Yeah. Um, by all accounts, they, the suspect did not see that Liberty had taken any photos or anything, because otherwise I think that he would have... Destroyed the phone. Destroyed likely. the phone or asked her... Well, it was already uploaded to Snapchat or had her delete it from right. Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Which we know you could have taken screen recordings, but... right. And also her phone was, like, found further away from her body. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that he, you know, I think he saw that she had a phone, but I don't think he had, like, the foresight or the inkling that they had taken any pictures of him. Anywho. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is also speculation that Libby recorded a video, but the police have not released it or have never released it, whether or not it, like, exists. Police indicated that additional evidence from the phone had been secured and that they did not release it so as to not compromise any future trial, which we've talked about that in a lot of our, like, true crime news or, Mm -hmm. you know, the unsolved cases where there's just, like, certain evidence that they don't want to release because... It could help them in the long run if they do have a suspect. Absolutely. And we, of course, always hope that they do eventually have a suspect. By this time, the award offered in the case was set up to Mm $41,000. I'm not sure if it was $41,000 altogether or $41,000 per girl, but essentially that's a lot of fucking money, Yeah, you know, and especially in like a sort of a small town like Mm -hmm. Indiana, you know? Yeah, I think the whole whole town really just rallied around this case and wanting to find out what happened to these girls. I read somewhere, and of course the number may be totally off, we know me, but... I read somewhere that something like a third to a half of the town ended up, like, coming out and searching for the girls. Something yeah. something crazy big like that. So Yeah, I feel like we see that a lot in these, like, smaller towns, too, where it's, like, things like this don't really happen, especially when it's young children, right. like, something happening to young children. So, like, I feel like, I mean, anywhere we'd really rally around, like, something right. happening to each Especially a young kid, but you know what I mean. You yes. know what I'm saying. No, I understand what you're saying. It's just, it's not very, uh, it's not as common anymore because of, you know, social media and right. just technology in general that things like this are happening. Mm-hmm. I think we used to see it, like, in the past Yeah, and, and we see how it's changed with uh, this 
young girl having a smartphone and being able to kind of help with evidence unknowingly mm-hmm. by just like recording little snippets here and there. Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't have had that in 1970. And that's part of the reason why I think serial killers were so rampant because there wasn't the technology to catch them. Right. And we, again, we discussed this before, yeah. but it's also like, um, or, or serial killers, you know, we're not saying that there still aren't serial right, killers right, in the right. state. There certainly still are. But I feel like the number of deaths that they're able to get away with mm-hmm. are significantly less than, you know, the Bundys, the Donners, mm-hmm. you know, the heavy the, hitters, the right. Geens, the, you know, of Ramirez. Ameri- we could go on. Of America. <laughs> yeah, the Ramirez. Um, yeah, so that is, I guess, a blessing that at least they can have, like, a composite sketch, right? Mm. So on July 17th, officers distributed the composite sketch of someone who, at the time, the investigation was, of course, the prime interest in the murders. Um, it had apparently been drawn by police from eyewitness witnesses and, you know, the very blurry photo yes. um, to a certain hiker of the Delphi Historic Trails on the day that the girls vanished. On April 19th, 2019, Indiana State Police announced a new direction in the case. On behalf of State Police and the Multi-Agency Task Force, Superintendent Doug Carter released more materials a few days later in a press conference held on April 22nd. The new materials included a short video recording in which the blue jean and jacketed suspect, that's hard to say, <laughs> Sus- jean yeah. jacketed, uh, is hard to, uh, is, is, wow. Okay, we're going to do that again. <laughs> the new materials, including a short video recording in which the blue jean and jacketed suspect is seen walking ar- along the ridge, the rail bridge for a little over a second. Uh, Superintendent Carter states that because of the deteriorated condition of the bridge, the suspect is not walking naturally due to the spacing between the ties on the railroad, which if you've ever walked like a elevated bridge or a elevated railroad, you know, you have to have this like sort of weird gate when you do that. The updated sketch of the suspect was also revealed, um, as well as an extended version of the audio recording in which a slight rise to the suspect's voice can be detected as he utters the word guys before the phrase Mm -hmm. down the hill. In the five years since uh, their deaths, officials have only released three key pieces of information related to the case. Libby's blurry photo of the suspect who was seen walking with his head down wearing blue jeans and a blue jacket and a hat and a brown hoodie. Um, And the police also released Libby's audio snippet of the man. Um, And we actually just passed the five-year anniversary of their um, murders. Mm -hmm. Uh. The police have more audio recordings as well, but the Indiana State Police First Sergeant Jerry Holman, the investigative commander of the Lafayette District of Indiana, has said protecting the integrity of the investigation is key so that we cannot so we cannot release everything because there are certain people that know the details if we release it and then we get into false confessions, mm-hmm. which obviously and they said that there were just so many tips that had come in over the last five years, even just from the composite sketch, right. that they also were worried that it was just going to cause, like, mayhem in mm-hmm. the area as well, which I totally understand because, 
you know, we know I'm a big fan of SVU, but they have those episodes where they release a little bit of information, then all of a sudden 10,000 people are calling within the hour right. or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Um, and though a lot of the tips are helpful, there's also a really big chunk that are incredibly mm-hmm. unhelpful. And it just takes a lot of manpower, so I get it. Yeah. So according to the composite sketch, officials are looking for a white man who is between 5 feet 6 inches and 5 feet 10 inches with reddish brown hair. DNA evidence has reportedly been collected from the scene of the double homicide, according to Holman, though it's unclear exactly what the evidence consists of, of course, because they haven't released it to the public. The lack of information released about the case has caused some people to speculate that it's going cold, but investigators claim that that's certainly not true. Sergeant Tony Solcom said... Quote, just because we haven't released information to the media doesn't mean we don't have any more information. Some of the facts we don't release are only known to the person who committed the crime, unquote. Which, again, I know is, like, frustrating for people like you and I. Right, who want to know what's going on. But at the same time, we understand why they're doing it and why it's important. It was further explained that the previous sketch showing an older man with a goatee and a cap is now considered secondary. By contrast, uh, the clean-shaven individual of the newly revised composite is the primary sketch of the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I read somewhere that they originally thought that he might have a goatee because of like the way that the cap was like shadowing his face, but now they don't think it's actually a goatee. That they just think it was just uh, like I said, the shadow. <laughs> right. Police say this person may range from 18 to 40, but caution that his youthful appearance could make him look a lot younger than his true age. Mm-hmm. Um, investigators reveal that they have reason to believe that the suspect might be hiding in plain sight and that the person is most certainly familiar with the Delphi area, whether it be living or working there or for some other reason, maybe growing up there, mm-hmm. vacation, who knows. An additional plea was made for help in identifying the driver of a vehicle left behind um, that was abandoned off the Hoosier Heartland Highway in Delphi at the former child services office between noon and 5 p.m. on the day of the murder, so February 13th. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to talk about the couple, a couple of the people of interest and why they may still be people of interest yeah. and why they may not anymore. Okay, so on July 23rd, 2019, Paul Etter was wanted for the kidnapping and rape of a 26-year-old woman on June 22nd in Tippecanoe County. Five days later, Etter was surrounded by police, and after a five-hour standoff, he died by suicide. Daniel, so he was a person of interest, but of course, now he's dead, so we can't know anything. Daniel, another person of interest is Daniel J. Nations, a a registered sex offender from Indiana who was arrested in Woodland Park, Colorado on September 20, in September of 2017 and charged with threatening strangers on a monument trail with a hatchet. The expired Indiana plates on the car Nations was driving was noticed by police who subsequently discovered an outstanding warrant under his name. Fanning public speculations further still, it was reported that a bicyclist, it was reported that a bicyclist had been fatally shot on the same trail at around the same time that Nations was purposefully terrifying passersby. And El Paso County Sheriff's spokesperson told reporters that however many similarities there are between the cases, he was 
he is not at liberty to disclose them since Indiana investigators did not want any more information released. Nations pled guilty to a felony charge for failing to register as a sex or violent offender, but the charge has nothing to do with the Delphi investigation and any link between Nations and the girl's murder is completely unclear. Mm-hmm. On January 5th, 2018, Nations was sentenced to three years of probation for threatening members of the public in Colorado. However, he is he was not released since he had an active warrant out for him back in Indiana. On January 24th, Nations was transferred to Indiana officials' custody on an unrelated charge, failure to register as a sex offender. Um, Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter has said he is not a person that we care a whole lot about at this moment in time, which I'm like... give a shit about him. I'm like, (laughs) the shade, though. Like, we do not care about you, sir. He's meaningless. You're gonna rot in jail. Yeah. As he should. Um, As he should. Uh, in early February 2018, authorities said that the, that Nations was no longer considered an active person of interest on the Delphi murders, which I guess, okay, they, they've done everything they could. Now, another person of interest, Thomas Bruce, who, was form, who formerly worked as a pastor, is charged with fatally shooting one woman and sexually assaulting two others after having ordered them at gunpoint to the back room of a suburban St. Louis shop for religious supplies. Committed in broad daylight on November 19th, 2018, these crimes put Bruce in the spotlight of the press. Some notice his being of similar statue 57 to 59 um, was to the then current suspect description in the Delphi slayings. Also his wearing a flat cap and Navy blue jacket during his attack, not unlike the suspect at the Delphi case. Indiana state police did investigate his possible connection in November, but on December 4th, Bruce was charged with no fewer than 17 felony accounts related to the St. Louis case and could receive the death penalty. Charles Eldridge, who was yet another suspect at one time, was arrested on January 8th, 2019 in Union City, Indiana, on charges of child molestation molestation and child solicitation police in randolph county alerted the fbi to the potential link between eldritch and the delphi murders on account of his strong resemblance to the suspect sketch this was however before the updated composite was released now here's the here's the suspect that they are still looking into and is the one that i think probably has the best best case the most yeah. The most, most likely. The most likely, yes, thank you. Not the best case. He is he might potentially be the most likely. Right. On April twenty-seventh, twenty twenty one, Indiana State Police detectives named Brian James Chadwell the second as a new person of interest in the Delphi murders. On December 9th, 2021, Indiana State Police were looking for anyone who had social media contact with someone using the profile name Anthony underscore shots from 2016 to 2017, right around when the girls died. Investigators say the profile could be connected to the Delphi investigation and that the profile was confirmed to have belonged to a 27-year-old man named Keegan Anthony Klein of Peru, Indiana, who is currently in jail awaiting trial for 30 alleged crimes, including child exploitation, possession of child pornography, child solicitation for sexual intercourse, and 
obstruction of justice. Keegan Klein set up fake social media accounts, which he used photos of an unknown male model who's apparently from like Alaska Mm -hmm. to catfish potential underage victims. Kelsey German said of Keegan being a potential suspect, quote, I think in the past where there were names put out in the media that there were that was more the media putting them out there. And that's a very fair statement to say. Um, But I think this is the first time we've ever seen police put out any sort of name about a potential suspect. Right. Unquote. Kelsey has also said that she long believed that social media didn't have anything to do with the case, but she is now reconsidering things saying, quote, Libby never told me anything about anybody contacting her online, but since the latest release happened, it made me think that even if she had told us or if we would or if we would have said something, then she would have likely kept messaging anyway because teenagers like to hide things, unfortunately, unquote. Now, there have been over 30,000 leads in this case, but nothing has led to the girl's killer yet. Yeah. Now, there are a couple of m- memorials. In response to a request from German's mother, homeowners across central Indiana have had orange lights installed on their front porches, both to commemorate the girl's as well as to indicate the murderer remains at large. Murderer. It's the murderer, not the murder. The murderer. The murderer mur- did the murder. The murderer. Words are hard. <clears throat> yeah. In August 2017, the families announced their plans to build a sports complex for Delphi in the memory of the girls. A nonprofit organization, LNA Park Foundation, was formed to celebrate and commemorate the lives of Libby German and Abby Williams by creating a place for the appreciation of nature, art, play, and athleticism for generations to come. A site was procured a mile north of Delphi, and in the years following the girls' deaths, continued to, continued progress has been made in the development of Abby of the Abbey and Libby Memorial Park. In 2020, the LNA Park Foundation was named a recipient of the MBA All-Star 2021 Legacy Grant, which is awesome because now yeah. they can hopefully build their complex. Mm-hmm. And if you have any information about the murders, please contact the Delphi Homicide Investigation Tip Line at 844-459-5786. The Indiana State Police at 800-382-7537 or the Carroll County Sheriff's Department at 765-564-2413 and all those numbers will be left below in the description box of the episode. And with all that being said, that is the horrific, those are the horrific murders of Libby and Abby and their unsolved Delphi murders case. Yeah. That case is, yeah, that case has always been very, very sad to me. Like, obviously, I feel like cases with kids, it's always a bit more sad. And just, yeah, just the whole, the whole thing. Just the whole thing. It's, it's really a bummer, right? That in five years, they really haven't been able to really have any arrests for this Mm -hmm. case. Um, I am, you know, I'm very glad that there are still people sending in tips about what happened to these girls. And of course, just like we talked about last week with Lauren Smith Fields, um, was that last week? 
No, three weeks ago. I don't know what time is anymore. <laughs> two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. Um, just like we recently talked about with Lauren Smith-Fields, every murder deserves to have their case solved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to reiterate that just because these are two white girls doesn't mean that they deserve more attention than black and brown girl and women of color who have gone missing. Well, that's why we try to have, like, a a balanced mix of types of cases, people, like, I think we do, I think we do pretty well with that. Like, just kind of, yeah, we do, like, one week where we're having, like, cults and near-death experiences, (laughs) then one week where we're doing something that's unsolved that really needs attention. We're kind of, like, evening out out the spectrum. I think also just with the five-year anniversary that just passed as well, hopefully with, the media coming out about the five-year anniversary, Mm -hmm. it will give a little bit of, like, a resurgence to the case, and hopefully we can find who was responsible for these deaths. I think the most frustrating part about this case, too, is just having that visual and having an actual audio recording of this killer that is potentially still on the streets is just, it's just so frustrating to know they're just living their lives and not uh, being held accountable for this terrible, terrible crime. Of course. These girls deserve justice, Mm -hmm. just like any murder victim. Mm -hmm. Um, Any victim, period, in general. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's really frustrating that this person is potentially still just walking around free. And and kind of like you said, I do, of the... um, of the theories and the possible uh, suspects, I do think the last one that you discussed, the one with the, the catfish profile, yes, does fit the mold the most. But I would be interested to know, which I'm sure if they do have this information, they're not release- releasing it, mm-hmm. if there was anything on either girl's phones that showed they had some kind of contact with this person. Right. I don't, I don't think that if they have, then they haven't released right. it yet. And I'm sure... I'm guessing if they have it, they wouldn't want to release it. Um, I don't know. But then again, if they had it, like, directly in front of them, then they would have their person. Well, Like, I, if they were saying, meet me here at this time, sure. like, you would have your person. Sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it could be a situation where maybe Liber- Liberty was talking, maybe even Abby, too. Like, they were talking to them and told them about, like, where they lived and like oh well i'm gonna go with my friend today and we're gonna go do this and then that person stalked them there and then killed them or even that person they were like friends on snapchat and they had like put something up about going right or something along those lines and so the person knew they were going to be a there. geotag or right something. right which is obviously like not their fault mm-hmm. but you know it is a very strong potential possibility right and of course just like with, with a lot of these unsolved cases the police have said that there is a very strong possibility that the person who actually committed the crime helped search for them yes mm-hmm. and they have looked into everybody who was a part of the search parties but like nothing has come of it right. yet or maybe it won't but um yeah so Here's just hoping that it gets solved soon and that the families get closure and justice Mm -hmm. for these girls actually happen. Yeah, I think so. Well, Ray, we should do a palate cleanser. Yeah, I think so. Okay, what what, what do you have? What you got for me? Um, (laughs) So I've been trying to think of things. I think I have... The first one is um, more lighthearted. I might have 
talked about it before, but it's just something that I watch every week. So, uh, and look forward to every Sunday. It's the new season of 90 Day Fiance. Never watched I, de- it. I definitely have because I mentioned this before because I remember you saying uh, that you've never seen it. It's it's a mess, but it's fun and it's a good palate cleanser. Um, but since I've talked about it before, I another thing I've been watching, it isn't as like lighthearted, but... Um, Archi- I think it's Archive 81 oh, on yeah. Netflix. Oh, yeah. I just Really good. That. I haven't finished yet. Erin and I are watching it together, so I can only watch one with her. But... Boo. I'm <laughs> How dare you be in a romantic relationship? <laughs> How dare I? Um, <laughs> that is the struggle, I will say. Sometimes I, like, want to see the next episode, and I'm like, but we're watching it together. Um, no, I just finished it, too. I thought it was really, yeah, really great. I like it so far a lot. Um Although it's it's still a little heavy. It's still a palate cleanser in a sense because it's, like, not real. Like, if you're, like, looking, listening to a bunch of... Consuming a bunch of true crime, it's like, let me go watch this thing that's... Right, it's like... Made it's, up. This isn't a spoiler alert because it's literally in the, like, trailers. But it's about a cult. But it's a made-up cult and it has to do with mm-hmm. a lot of, like, made-up, like, religion and things like that, right. too. Which is nice because then it's yeah. like, okay, I can just, like, be here <laughs> in this world with this thing right. and not have to, like worry about it and basically the overall premise is it's this man who he restores like uh videotapes and things like that for a living i forget what his actual like vcr title is. like vcr video right mm-hmm. and he's uh requested on this job to uh re like fix this uh audio f- or video footage from a building that had a fire and you just watch as he he's like in this secluded place where he's fixing all these tapes and like learning more and more about what happened to these people in this building. And it's very interesting. Yeah. It's very fascinating. It's a very, it starts as a slow burn and then it really speeds up really yeah. quickly. And I, I thought it was really well casted. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So yes, yeah. I would also recommend it. I like it a lot. All right. What's yours? Okay. So my recommendation for this week is, so I'm, we're recording this on February 5th. Mm-hmm. So only the first three episodes are out, but the new show on Hulu, Pam and Tommy. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to watch that. Which is about their sex tape scandal. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, literally a toddler when this happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like, knowing about it as I, like, got like got older right, and things same. like that. Um, and first of all, Sebastian Stan, daddy, for sure. <laughs> he plays Tommy Lee. Yeah. And then Lily James, who I'm not, I don't not like her, but I just find a lot of the things that she does does is not very interesting to me or it's just mm-hmm. not the type of content that like I would watch I don't know if like I know anything she's been in. She was in Downton Abbey and she was in like the second Mamma Mia movie and things like she was I Cinderella do, I, like I do like Mamma Mia. Yeah I for sure. She was in this movie called Yesterday which is one of my favorite films of like 2019 that came mm. out. She was really good in that. Um but hers Pam Anderson, I mean she very has, likely like the likeliness between the two. Oh my god, she has such a she is literally Pam. Like yeah. it's crazy. Um I saw side by sides and I was like, holy shit, the casting on this. Well, and also like okay, so there is quite a bit of nudity yeah. in the show, obviously. It's As Tommy expected. Lee Jones. It's not Tommy Lee Jones, it's Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson right. and it has to deal with a with a sex tape. I'm sorry, the makeup on that show, if they do not win all the Emmys yeah, and all the things. It looks legit. It's so amazing. Well, and also just the way they did her eyebrows, like getting mm. them like they literally must have had to like glue them down and then right. draw them on. It's just and like 
And Sebastian Stan, oh, daddy, with all of his, I'm sorry, I have, like, such a crush on him, I can't even. Sebastian, if you're listening, please hit your girl up. Um, uh, and he, you know, because Tommy Lee has a ton of tattoos on him. Right. And the tattoo placement, the way they got them to, like, stay on, his fake nipple rings are, mm-hmm. like, crazy. So, so far it's great. And also Seth Rogen is in it. And yeah. my one of my favorites, Nick Offerman. I mm. love Nick Offerman. It's so good. Um, and I also find it very fascinating because this is, like, at the beginning of the internet, right? right. And that's how it got so big so quickly. And that's how they were able to distribute it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just insane. So I definitely would recommend that. Um, if you want something a lot more family friendly, I guess, um, and not quite so explicit. Um, oh, <laughs> I guess I don't know if we we talked about this recently, but okay. Encanto on Disney Plus, still really obsessed with it. Still has got such a hold on me. I finally watched it and I didn't love it. I know. I only liked one song. I'm just staring at her. I only silence. like one song, the Louis- Louisa song. I hated the first song. I actually hated the first song. Aaron and I both were like. If she says the family name one more time, I'm actually going to lose it. Welcome to family. Oh, I, I hate. <laughs> about the family. I was like, this is not for me. And I actually like was on my phone during, during the end because I was like, I just don't care about these people. Oh my God. I, I know. I'm sorry. So I liked, uh, I liked the other one better because we watched Luca. two recently. Yes. I like that one better. Luca's good. I, but I mean, I will say if you want something like fun and feel good, and honestly, I think it's one of the most profound Disney movies that have come out in a really long time. And like props to Disney because Disney has been doing like some queer kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot more um, POC stories. I think mm-hmm. that is so important. No, I do you know, too. Which is great. There's but- something about the songs I just didn't like. <laughs> It's okay. I did like, like I love Louisa's song. Look, I can listen you can to that tell one Lin Manuel Miranda yourself. He only lives a few blocks up, so like we can go talk to him. <laughs> I, might, I might, I might. But yeah, excuse me, Mr. Miranda. She has something to say to you. I like Moana. Moana's great. <laughs> Moana's a good one. Um, yeah, uh, I would say en- Encanto yeah. on Disney Plus. I also just like to say Encanto. It's super fun. Yeah, um, I do like the the um trends that are coming from from it from TikTok. Sick. Like the one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he so. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's one of the ones that'll grow on me if I watch it again. I don't Look, know. Look, it's okay. We don't have to like this. Yeah, I know. And that's fine. I know. But it... it I am it, not offended. It, it surprised me, though, because I saw so many people, like, loving it. And I was like, oh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. But, like, that, like I said, that first song, I just really don't want it. So I think I got off on the wrong foot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You know. It's but okay. I, I can get the appeal in general. And like you said, it's important that they're telling these, like more diverse stories and i completely back that up absolutely well speaking of diverse stories (laughs) right do you want to tell the good people where they can find us yeah sure at the midnight record on tiktok and instagram at tmr pod on twitter and the midnight record at gmail.com also if you want to follow each of us individually ray underscore spirits and at charlotte seabird at charlotte seabird i knew that Look, it's fine. You know, it's care ju- about literally me. It's just right. your name. It's, it's literally fine. just your name. It's fine. It's not like we- I couldn't remember if you had your initial in it or not. <laughs> yeah. I don't usually do this part. Also, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Yeah. It really helps us out. Helps us get on those charts, baby. And um, not that you know that's super important, but it does help. It's and fun. Um, 
Next week, we are going to have our one-year anniversary episode where we are going to be announcing a couple of very exciting things. Stay tuned. So that's super fun. And of course, um, please, you know, of course, subscribe to our Instagram because we'll be posting probably some fun, you know, things on the actual one-year anniversary day, which Mm -hmm. is subsequently St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Great day for redheads. What an up and down fucking day. It's been it's been a, a day. Appreciate these episodes because we went through it to record them. Literally and now they're fucking sad. Of course. Well, until next time. I'll see you at midnight. I'll see you at midnight. Hopefully it's quieter. <laughs> I hope it is too. <laughs>